Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the Lost Radio Play series, Danny's Pajamas, Private Dick. Upon further research while restoring this episode, we've concluded the creator of the show, still unbeknownst to us, with his or her use of the Velcro shoe MacGuffin, possibly influenced the invention of Velcro itself. For we now know the original name given to Velcro was going to be prickly sticky pad strip thingies. Look it up. Now you may be asking yourself, did this pajamas creator influence the famous Velcro inventor? Could they possibly have known each other? If not, how could he have listened to the episode if it was never released and lost in time? The short answer? You're thinking too much, so stop it. And now, for your listening pleasure. Blue Velcro. It's time now for the second installment in the exciting Detective Noir series, titled after our sultry and provocative main character known to everyone around the globe as Danny's Pajamas, Private Dick. Tonight's episode, Blue Velcro. Another day, another dollar. Also, another day I owe my landlord three months worth of rent. What can you do, huh? You'd think in such a corrupt city such as this, I'd have a mountain of cases to investigate. But it's been bone dry since Green Street was re-elected. One in a landslide. But I guess that's what happens when your opponent is dead. Falcone never had a chance. Because I killed him. Damn, it's been a long week. What the fuck? A brick smashes through my window with a note attached. It's from Vinny, my landlord. Oh. Great. It simply reads, Monday, pajamas. Monday. Oh, you're dead. P.S. Get this window fixed. Vinny drives a hard bargain, but I think my life is worth it. I technically have been living rent-free for the past few months anyways. Not on purpose, though. If only the ad I put in the paper worked. Yesterday, I decided to promote my investigative skills in the local classifieds. The only problem is, I keep getting people calling for a private dick but not for the services I offer. Danny's Pajamas, Private Dick. No, not that kind of dick. Well, how much are you paying? Mmm, I'll pass. Sorry for the confusion. Yeah, I know. Okay, bye. Damn it. Uh... Hello? But like that, I was back in the game. You see, luck always finds me. It's mostly bad luck, but sometimes, it's not. Mr. Spajamas? He was about 10 years old. A good-looking chap. The kind of kid you'd think has a good future ahead of himself if he doesn't screw it up. Reminded me of myself at his age. What is it, kid? Ain't it past your bedtime? I take a drag of my cigarette. Hmm. Smooth and refreshing. Look, sir, my name is Peter Fern. I don't mean to be any trouble, but I need to hire you for a case. Uh, what happened to your window? Oh, that? Rats. Big ones. So, uh, what is it that you're here for? It's my mother, sir. She's been missing for over a week now. I was hoping you'd be able to find her. Missing mama, huh? What the cops have to say? Nothing. They told me if they found all the missing parents in this town, foster homes would go out of business. They're not wrong. Look, kid, it's unfortunate to hear about your mom, but... People who usually walk through that door have at least gone through puberty first. Can I ask, where's your father in all this? My father's dead, sir. Cancer. Tough break, kid, but it's character building to have your parents die at a young age. My father, too, died when I was just a sprout. Mine died before I was born. I didn't even get to know him, but he was the greatest guy who ever lived. 
Or so my mom says. What happened to yours? Spoiled milk. You really gotta read the expiration dates on those things. Died instantly. It was painless, though. Mine took over 40 days, each more painful than the one before. It was heartbreaking for everyone who knew him. Or so my mom says. My father's last words were, I love you, son. You can be anything you want to be. Then he died. My father didn't even know I was going to be born. <laughs> you need a towel or something? Peter grabs me by the collar. Skunk it. Looks pajamas. You gotta find my mother. I just know something bad's happened to her. I just need you to. No one else will. He lets me go. I get up from the floor. Look, kid. I like your moxie. I'll take your case. But not for nothing, you know. That's my policy. I understand. It's not much, but this is all we have. Peter hands me an envelope. I open it. There's money in there, all right. A lot of it. I play it cool. Uh, I mean, that'll do. You got yourself a deal, kid. This looks to be about half my usual rate, but your mom can pay the rest when we find her. Thank you so much, Mr. Spajamas. Thank you. And so began the case of the missing mom lady. I take out a pen and notepad. All right, when was the last time you saw your mother? Like I said, it was a little over a week ago. She was getting the mail in the morning, but she never came back from the mailbox. All that was left of her was this. He held out a blue shoe, but no ordinary shoe. It didn't have any laces. Instead, it was held together by these strange straps. Your mom has some strange sense of style. It's Velcro. It's a patented new shoe technology. These straps are going to make shoelaces obsolete in a couple of years. These things are going to be everywhere. Or so my mom says. I hold the shoe and undo one of the straps. Interesting. She wore blue Velcro. Whoa. Uh, where's that music coming from? Oh, this darn radio. I take it with me everywhere I go. I think it's on the fritz. Oops. Right. Oh, and here's a picture of my mom, so you know what she looks like. He slides the photo over to me. Whoa, mama. This is your mom? Yeah, she's a model. She's curvy in all the right places. Or so every guy who ever sees her says. They are not wrong. Thank you, pajamas. No, uh, thank you. Thank you. It looks like this case just got a whole lot bustier. Can I say that? Is that okay? Jim? No? Okay, we'll cut. Danny's pajamas, private dick. No, not that kind of dick. Stop calling! My first stop is at Big Money Talent Agency, the company that reps Peter's mom, Laura Fern. The elevator drops me off at the lobby. Dozens of wannabe actors are scattered around the room, practicing lines for some kind of commercial audition or something. It's funny, half the people in the room are probably untalented hacks. The other half, not much better. I could have been an actor, you know, but my destiny had other plans. Because I'm a detective. You got that, right? Name, please. Danny's Pajamas, Private Dick. I'm a detective, as I just mentioned in my head. Oh, yeah? So is everybody else. I look around the room. Everyone is dressed just like me. 
It's like they went in my closet and took all my clothes. Hat, coat, rugged good looks. Oh, well, I need to talk to David Frondonowitz. It's regarding the disappearance of his client. Laura Fern. Ever heard of her? Say, that's not bad. You should save it for the take. No, I'm dead serious. This is a pressing matter in a hot case. You know, I'm just a simple assistant, but soon I'll be branching out on my own, starting my own casting agency. I gotta remember you. You're very convincing. You have a headshot? No, but I've shot a few guys in the head. Please, I just need to talk to David. Well... You're not on the list, so you're gonna have to take a number. She hands me a number. 106? How many people are ahead of me? 105. Now move it. There's people behind you. Ugh. Name! My name is Terence Farthead. Terence P. Farthead. The third. I take a seat and wait. Five hours later. <laughs> number 106! <laughs> number 106, please! <sighs> Finally. My number is finally called. I follow the other assistant to the audition room, David Frondonowitz. A young, hotshot-looking agent in a blazer and khaki shorts greets me. All right, number 106. You got the look, but do you got the chops. You can go on your own cue. I read the lines on the paper. With bowel flow, your constipation, your, con your constipation is a thing of the past. It looks like this case is closed. Okay, not bad, not bad. But that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Don't quit your day job. Next. Hold on. This is my day job. I'm actually a detective. In real life, I investigate more than constipation. I'm here to ask you about the disappearance of your client, Laura Fern. Oh, why didn't you say so? You could have skipped the line. What do you want to know? You know she's missing, right? Do you know where she is? Oh yeah, I got her tied up in the back. Are you kidding me? If I knew where she was, I'd go get her myself. She was gonna be the foot of the new Schuster line. You mean face, right? No, foot. She's a foot model. They're her best feature? <laughs> Pun intended. You see what I did there? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Well, if her tootsies are as good as the rest of her, she must have the feet of an angel. Oh, she does all right. They're both just so great. They would have been on the cover of every shoe magazine in town by now if it wasn't for her going missing and all. I had a lot of money riding on those toes. So you think something bad happened to her? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying those two feet of hers are worth a lot of money. Heck, I'd kidnap her and hold her for ransom if I could. Noted. So I'm guessing Schuster went with a different girl. It's possible. Not with me, though. They were very disappointed when they found out they didn't have those feet for their new line of Velcro shoes. Velcro? Shoes? You mean, like this one? I pull out the Velcro shoe. Yeah, those are Schuster's, all right. She wore There's that darn music again. You hear that, right? Oh, sorry, my record player was on. There we go. Oh. All right, I'd love to stick and chat, but I got a hundred more fake dicks to see. Sorry to hear that. Look, if you want to learn more about the shoes, I'd go to the only place in town where they sell them. And that would be... Shoemingdales. Find your pajamas. I need her. And those money makers. Her feet! David wasn't much help, but he did give me my next lead. Looks like Papa needs a new pair of shoes. And those shoes are at Schumingdale's. I ask him one last thing before I go. You sure you don't want me to read the lines again? Oh, most definitely not! Next! Ugh. 
So, Laura was supposed to be the foot of the new Schuster line, whatever that means. I head to Shoemingdale's to find out. It was four floors filled with all kinds of wacky shoes from all over the world. If you got feet, they got you covered, literally. I talked to one of the salespeople. Hello, welcome to Shoemingdale's. What can I shoe for you? Uh, hi, um... I read her name tag. Nike, is it? I need information on a very specific type of shoe. It's Nikki. And what kind of shoe are you talking about? We have a shit ton. What do you know about Velcro shoes? I pull out Laura's blue Velcro shoe. Oh, Schuster's. Okay. She wore again. Hold on, we're right under a speaker. Can you just just step back a little? There we go. You ever feel like a song is following you? Okay. What do you want to know? Wait. That's one of the new line of shoes. Those haven't even been released yet. How do you get it? The shoe belongs to the foot of the foot model who would have been the foot of the Schuster's new shoe line. She's gone missing. I'm a private dick. I came here to get a shoe-in on the case. She doesn't acknowledge my pun. Well, I just work here. I wouldn't know anything about that. All I know is the shoe doesn't get released for another couple months. Well, the shoe is the only evidence of her disappearance. I'm just trying to shoe shine some light on the case. <laughs> she doesn't laugh. Tough crowd. I mean, we don't make the shoes here. We just sell them. Well, then, I'd like to get my foot in the door of where these shoes are made. <laughs> what? Do you know where these shoes are made? Oh, yeah. Schuster's is a warehouse downtown. I don't want to be a heel, but I'd love to do some soul searching there, and I was wondering... Ugh, just spit it out already! Do you have the address? I don't know the address, but my supervisor does. She's the one that makes all the orders. I can get it for you, but you're gonna have to do something for me. Please, Nikita, I'm not that kind of girl. She slaps me in the face. <laughs> it hurt. Ow. What? No! Don't make me barf my lunch! Just buy a pair of shoes and stop with the awful shoe jokes! My god. Oh. Well, you drive a hard bargain. Ew. Look, a girl's gotta make a living. We work off of commissions. It's just how it is. You scratch my back, I scratch yours. But not literally, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I didn't. Alright, I'll buy some shoes. Some shoesters, why not? The cheapest ones you got. Um. How about, uh, anything in a men's 16? How about a seven? Seven and a half, if you can, actually. I'll see what I can find. Atta girl. I wait for Nikki to get back. She quickly chats with her supervisor. In the meantime, I pick my nose. Okay, I got it. I can ring you up over here. That'll be 97.25. What? No shoes, no service. Darn your hard bargain, Stacy. A girl's gotta look after herself. You see, there are two kinds of people in the world. One who is- Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Life's hard. Just take the money. Nice doing business with ya. The address is in the box. You're one heck of a gumshoe there, pajamas. I don't get it. I walk out of the store and open the shoe box. Just like she said, the address was written on a small piece of paper. Not that small, though. I could still read it. Bingo. 3045 Bingo Street to be exact. I then put on my new shoes. They were actually pretty comfortable. Overpriced, but comfortable. Hmm, not bad. Oh, taxi, taxi. I toss my old shoes in the garbage, then hop in a taxi to the warehouse. Where to, Mac? All I could think about was what could have happened to poor old Laura. Schuster's. You got it, toots.
Maybe she was murdered by the runner-up model so she could steal her spot as the Schuster girl. Or maybe her husband faked his own death and kidnapped her for ransom. Or maybe Laura's been hanging out at the warehouse this whole time, unharmed, and the whole thing was one big misunderstanding. That would be a real hoot, wouldn't it? Guess we'll just have to wait and find out in the second half of the episode. Meanwhile, back at Schumingdale's. Guten Tag, this is Emil Schuwright, Schumingdale's supervisor, and... Uh, yes, I know the irony of my name. That's the first time I've ever heard that before. Look, the farmer is in the dell. I repeat, the farmer is in the dell. His name? Spajamas. He should be arriving any second now. Hail Schuster! Auf Wiedersehen! Are you a child between the ages of 5 and 12 and have been growing up without a father your whole life? Do you ever yearn to feel the warm embrace of a fatherly hug? Have you ever been disappointed to play catch with your old man just to come to the conclusion that you don't have one? Well, I got great news for you. My name is Roger Greelisle, and I'm the creator and host of the hot new game show, Will You Be My Dad? The show where three potential dads compete for your affection. Through questions and answers, games and fun activities, you'll decide which dad is the right fit for you. The only catch is the chosen father will get to choose if he really wants to be your dad. So continue to live your dadless life or call 555-DAD. That's dad with two Ds. And maybe, just maybe, you'll be able to ask the question, will you be my dad? Call is not toll free. Must be between the ages of 5 and 12 to enter. If chosen, there is no guarantee you'll get a new dad or that if you do get a new dad, that he will be a decent human being or care for you at all. Thank you.